Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we're diving into Powers of Two, an insightful exploration of creativity's essence by Joshua Wolfschenk. The book sweeps away the notion of the lone genius and illuminates the impact and significance of creative pairings in shaping innovative ideas and revolutionary work. Drawing from examples like the legendary John Lennon and Paul McCartney of the Beatles, the dynamic duo of Apple computers, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, and the creative minds behind South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, Schenck provides a fresh perspective on how two minds can interact and spark greatness. Joshua Wolf Schenck, the author of Powers of Two, is a noted curator, essayist, and author. His thought-provoking article for The Atlantic, What Makes Us Happy, claimed the title of the most read online article in the history of the magazine. His first book, Lincoln's Melancholy, received high acclaim and was voted as one of the best books of 2005 by the Washington Post. Powers of Two is an enlightening read for creatives seeking to understand and harness the potential of collaborative effort, individuals curious about couples' psychology, and anyone on a quest to find the perfect creative partner. Delve into this exploration of creative synergy with us on 20-Minute Books. Tune in. Powers of Two, Finding the Essence of Innovation in Creative Pairs. Introduction, Unravel the Secret of Creativity. It's not a solo act, but a duo's performance. Have you ever pondered about the chemistry between two creative individuals and how it fuels their joint venture into innovation? Or questioned the persistent image of the solitary genius, that single intellect from which magnificent masterpieces miraculously emerge, already perfected? If these queries have ever crossed your mind, then you are on the right path to unveil the truth behind the myth of solitary creativity. Stepping into the realm of powers of two, we take a nuanced look at the potent essence of creative duos. In our digital era, the daily collaborative endeavors we observe online are gradually debunking the illusion of the lone genius. It seems, contrary to conventional wisdom, the wellspring of creativity is not typically found in isolation, but rather within the fertile ground of partnerships. Embark on a journey across the timeline of iconic creative collaborations, unearth their shared characteristics, appreciate the power of shared inspiration, and delve into what stimulates and enhances this creative camaraderie. Conversely, explore what precipitates the eventual dissolution of these partnerships. In the unfolding narrative, you will also gain insight into why contestation and conflict are critical components of a thriving creative duo, how surrendering individuality within a collaboration can paradoxically boost self-assurance, and the vital necessity of a harmonious interplay between solitude and social engagement in fueling creativity. Part 1. Creativity is born from a symphony of introspection and collaboration. What's the secret formula for conjuring artistic brilliance? Is it born in the isolation of a solitary artist confined to a studio until the masterpiece materializes, as popular belief suggests? This is the enduring myth of the solitary genius, 
a concept steeped in the ideology of the 17th and 18th centuries, the Age of Enlightenment. During this era, society viewed human nature as inherently independent and self-contained. An individual's mind was perceived as the crucible of creativity, an idea deeply influenced by the prevailing political, economic, cultural, and religious frameworks. The belief that a single divine entity created the universe led artists to see their individuality as the engine of their creativity. This notion remained unchallenged until the dawn of the Internet era. The Internet, reshaping our social and professional lives, also revolutionized our understanding of creativity, dismantling the myth of the solitary genius. Today, we witness a wealth of creative expressions online, from music mashups and movie parodies to collections of art and photography. These collaborative endeavors illuminate the boundless creativity that springs forth when individuals unite their artistic flair or draw inspiration from one another. We've come to recognize that creativity isn't solely nurtured during extended periods of solitude, but flourishes from a careful balance between self-reflection and social engagement. To spark your creative fire, it is crucial to enter a creative conversation, whether with another artist, a muse, or even your own internal voice. A balanced dialogue involves self-reflection, communication with your inner self, alongside meaningful interaction with others. Take the Dalai Lama as an example. He adeptly blends solitude and social connection. His day begins at 3.30 a.m. with meditation, followed by greeting visitors at sunrise and spending the remainder of the day engrossed in their company. This harmonious interplay of solitude and social interaction empowers him to lead an engaged, creatively charged life. Part 2. Creative collaboration thrives on a balanced blend of commonalities and variances. Ever wondered what triggers the inception of a creative partnership? A mutual platform of shared interests or commonalities often serves as the initial catalyst. These shared elements provide a comfortable base upon which individuals can cultivate a partnership that surpasses their standalone abilities, given the right chemistry exists. As a creative, where might you encounter such potential partners? These transformative encounters can surprisingly spring in everyday settings that sociologist Michael Farrell refers to as magnet places, such as cafes, offices, parties, and even weddings. A perfect example would be the creators of South Park, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, who formed their creative alliance in the quintessential magnet place, school. Yet, simply sharing similarities isn't enough to spur a creative relationship into full bloom. Every creative duo needs to have a pinch of fundamental differences between the collaborators. While shared interests provide the fertile soil for a creative relationship to take root and flourish, differences inject an unexpected spark and novelty into the creative journey. An effective collaboration doesn't necessitate an impeccable harmony of ideas and personalities. Your most potent collaborator might be someone who nudges you out of your comfort zone, offering a fresh perspective on your ideas. The iconic creative pair of the last century, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, perfectly exemplify this blend of contrast and compatibility. McCartney, hailing from a supportive family and boasting a solid music background, contrasted starkly with Lennon, who endured a tumultuous childhood living with his aunt. Yet these disparities fueled their collaborative force, 
Lennon gained insights from McCartney's musical prowess, and McCartney benefited from Lennon's audacity. The upshot was a highly productive creative phase, during which they jointly composed over 180 songs. Part 3. Engaging in a creative partnership requires presence, trust, confidence, and ultimately, faith in your collaborator. The legendary creative partnership between the dancer Suzanne Farrell and the choreographer George Balanchine in the 20th century can offer profound lessons about the dynamics of creative processes. Every creative alliance goes through three initial stages of evolution, presence, confidence, and trust. The final stage of faith is what solidifies the partnership. Presence is the bedrock of genuine engagement. Being present with a partner means to genuinely understand their essence and be open to welcoming them into your personal space. When both partners successfully establish this state of presence, they can openly express their feelings to each other, laying bare their weaknesses and strengths, joys and sorrows. This state of transparency sets the creative wheels in motion. Through numerous rigorous rehearsals with Balanchine's dance company, Farrell and Balanchine accomplished this crucial state of presence. As Farrell opened up emotionally to Balanchine, he was able to choreograph routines that perfectly tapped into her talent. The next stage is confidence, marked by a mutual respect and appreciation for each other. Confidence can stem from shared, even mundane, qualities like reliability and punctuality. Trust, as opposed to confidence, is more comprehensive. It denotes the faith that your partner will stand by you and your ideas under any circumstances. At this stage, creative partners surrender to each other, comfortable in the knowledge that they're treading the right path together. For instance, Farrell delegated the evaluation of her ballet capabilities solely to Balanchine. If he deemed she could execute a complex sequence of steps, she trusted his judgment and pushed her boundaries, despite initial reservations. The final stage that seals a creative partnership is faith. Trust morphs into faith when the collaborators instinctively feel the dissolution of boundaries between them, and each partner can blindly rely on the other's guidance. This is the moment when the creative bond solidifies, providing the fertile ground where the magic of collaboration truly sprouts. Part 4 Constructing the foundation of a creative relationship relies heavily on ritualistic practices. Creative partnerships can be marked by some unconventional decisions. Take the instance of artist Marina Abramovich and her partner Ule, who opted to inhabit a Citroën van together for several years. Their unique choice stemmed from the belief that experiencing life in such confined quarters would elevate their relationship to a new height. Such experiences are classified as rituals, forming the backbone of numerous prolific creative alliances. The most fundamental ritual for a creative pair is a regular rendezvous, a shared environment carved out away from their individual private spaces. Within this shared space, the duo cultivates its unique language. Over time, they may even adopt each other's speech patterns and body language, a phenomenon psychologists label as social contagion. Consider the example of investor Warren Buffett and his partner Charlie Munger, often referred to as Siamese twins. Their strikingly similar attire, 
walk, speech mannerisms, and even the identical twinkle in their eyes underline this social contagion. At this juncture, a pertinent question might arise. Does this deep bond necessitate surrendering one's individuality? Doesn't an intense involvement in such a relationship risk losing one's sense of self? Contrary to what it may seem, the more you relinquish your individuality during the relationship ritual, the stronger you emerge as an individual. As musician and poet Patti Smith articulated in her book Just Kids, her creative relationship with photographer Robert Mapplethorpe led her to discover herself more profoundly the more time they spent together. In other words, as you let go of more of your privacy, you gain more self-assurance. Consequently, your ideas and aspirations are nurtured, potentially paving the way for the finest work of your life. Part 5. Creative partnerships come in different shapes, and partners influence each other in unique ways. No two creative partnerships are identical. In some, one partner shines as the star, acting as the face of the pair, while the other operates from behind the scenes. Other partnerships, like that of Lennon and McCartney, exude equal fame and reverence for both partners. The star-shadow duo is labelled as an asymmetrical partnership, where one partner eclipses the other. Even though both partners are instrumental in the partnership, the spotlight shines primarily on one. This dynamic often emerges in teacher-student relationships. Suzanne Farrell, for instance, will always be recognised as Balanchine's dancer, notwithstanding her significant impact on most of his choreographies. An equal partnership, also known as an overt partnership, occurs when both partners share equal stakes in their work and bask jointly in the public limelight. Yet, there exists another form of creative pair where each partner upholds a separate public identity. This is classified as a distinct partnership. Rather than traditional collaboration, this pairing functions as mutual advisors and muses. The relationship between Patti Smith and Robert Mapplethorpe serves as a classic example. While they never directly collaborated, they leaned on each other for guidance and inspiration. Their distinct partnership spurred individual masterpieces, like Smith's poetic homage to Mapplethorpe in The Coral Sea, and Mapplethorpe's famed portrait for Smith's album, Horses. Inside each of these relationship models, different types of creative partners reside. There's the dreamer type, defined by a robust character and grand ideas. However, they often embark on projects they fail to complete. Contrastingly, the doer type is efficient, productive, and reliable. Nevertheless, they struggle with originality and the initiation of creative projects. Often, the spark of creativity is ignited when dreamers and doers unite. Despite their individual struggles, they seamlessly complement each other, enabling them to achieve remarkable feats together. Part 6. The key to a successful creative partnership also lies in maintaining a healthy distance. We've observed how intense periods of closeness and bonding fuel great creative relationships. However, it's equally vital to remember that periods of separation hold the same significance as time spent together. In fact, Successful couples often share that the secret sauce to a smooth relationship is granting both partners enough personal time and space. Predictably, 
There's no one-size-fits-all guideline dictating the quantum of space required by creative partners. It hinges upon their personalities, ambitions, and lifestyles. Certain individuals crave solitude to stoke their creative fire. This is not an indication of their fondness for isolation, but a reflection of their need for a personal space to rejuvenate. This process can be paralleled to meditation, involving seclusion from external influences to soothe the mind and ignite creativity. That said, beyond a certain threshold, distance can potentially hinder creativity. For creativity to truly flourish, an ideal blend of autonomy and intimacy is required. Poets Jane Kenyon and Donald Hall provide an apt illustration of this, exhibiting a successful and highly innovative partnership. Living together, they also cherished their double solitude. This entailed silent coexistence, where they would share a cup of coffee in the kitchen, acknowledging each other's presence but refraining from verbal interaction. So, how do autonomy and intimacy foster creativity? Solitude allows us to delve into our subconscious minds. Creative individuals often report that they are most creative when engaged in semi-automatic activities like walking or swimming. These activities demand a degree of conscious attention, leaving the unconscious mind free to operate as a reservoir of creativity. Psychologist Greg Feist suggests that an effective creative method involves segregating idea generation from idea evaluation and elaboration. Simply put, work in solitude initially and subsequently, share your work with your partner to further refine and develop your ideas collaboratively. Part 7. Conflict and competition are integral ingredients of the creative concoction within partnerships. As much as harmonious creative partnerships may appear appealing, the truth lies in the fact that more competitive relationships often lead to superior creative results. Competition, undoubtedly, spurs us to excel. It is human nature to aspire to outperform our peers. This is by no means detrimental as rivalry can act as the impetus to work harder and ignite self-improvement. John Lennon and Paul McCartney's constant rivalry testifies to this. When John composed a hit like Strawberry Fields Forever, it fueled Paul's ambition to create an equally successful track like Penny Lane. At times, this competitive streak can be so nuanced that both partners remain oblivious to it. For instance, novelist Sheila Hetty was once questioned about her competitive stance towards her partner, painter and filmmaker, Margot Williamson. She dismissed the notion, arguing their divergent work fields made competition unfeasible. Yet, Haiti admitted that a more productive week for Williamson would invariably drive her to strive for excellence in her writing. Of course, this perpetual power struggle can stir conflict between partners. However, this conflict can be beneficial propelling the creative process forward as both partners vie for dominance. Sometimes one partner can become overpowering, inducing fear in the other, and leading them to adopt a subordinate role. This, in turn, prompts the subordinate to work harder to meet the expectations of the domineering partner. Interestingly, this dynamic can still breed exceptional creative output. The relationship between renowned film director Alfred Hitchcock and actress Tippi Hedren 
serves as an illustrative example. During the production of The Birds, Hitchcock micromanaged Hedron's every move, from her wardrobe choices to her dietary habits and her visitors. This led to an extraordinary performance by Hedron, making the film a resounding success. Although the experience was traumatic for Hedron, she acknowledged that she gleaned more during the three years of making The Birds than she could have potentially learned in 50 years under a less autocratic director. Part 8. The allure that ignites a relationship often ends up being its extinguisher. There's a widely accepted notion that opposites attract, and interestingly, it holds true more often than not. What's intriguing is that the same qualities which make us admire our partner initially can also trigger the end of the relationship. At the dawn of a relationship, we gravitate towards certain qualities in our partners, qualities that inspire us, ignite our passion, and align with our sensibilities. As time progresses, however, these traits can become more intense, sometimes bordering on the unbearable. In an illuminating study, sociologist Diane Felmley questioned several individuals about the reasons for starting and ending their relationships. Remarkably, nearly 30% of the respondents provided essentially similar responses to both queries. One individual initially found his partner sweet and sensitive, only to later deem them too nice. Another person admired the strong-willed nature of their partner, but over time found them domineering. In yet another case, a respondent was drawn to their partner's sense of humor, but ultimately grew irritated by their constant joking. Beyond this, the interruption of success often tolls the death knell for relationships. Research suggests that affluent individuals often opt for solitude, choosing to live selfishly and free of dependencies. A disproportionate focus on wealth can cause us to lose touch with our inner selves and disconnect from those around us. Aiming to sidestep this common pitfall, comedian Dave Chappelle made a decisive move to halt his skyrocketing career. His concerns were indeed founded. The first season of Chappelle's show set records as the highest-grossing TV series on DVD. After the successful second season, Chappelle's creative partner, Neil Brennan, inked a deal with Comedy Central to extend the show for two more seasons at a staggering $50 million. However, Chappelle, after shooting only a few episodes for the third season, abruptly left the set, and soon after, the country, without informing even his closest kin and friends. Explaining his actions later, Chappelle poignantly stated that, success takes you where character cannot sustain you. Part 9. The end of a relationship can be harder to accept than it seems. It's tempting to envision the end of a relationship like the closing of a theater play. The curtain falls, lights dim, and every memory fades into oblivion. But the reality is far from this idealized image. Indeed, the termination of relationships rarely coincides with our wishful thinking. More often than not, even after the formal ending, we find ourselves caught in the cobwebs of the past, unable to fully release our grip. Take the iconic Lennon and McCartney as an example. By the time the Beatles disbanded in 1970, their relationship had been embroiled in a prolonged phase of escalating tension. As the stress within the band intensified, collaboration between the pair became an increasingly arduous task. Despite this, they chose to persevere rather than part ways amicably. Eventually, the strain shattered their bond, 
leading to a bitter dissolution. However, the hostility didn't subside with the end of their partnership. Lennon and McCartney found themselves locked in a fierce rivalry even during their successful solo careers, evidence that they were unable to completely sever their ties. For some, the end of a relationship can signify more than just the loss of a connection. It can be the precursor to a dramatic downturn. Vincent van Gogh's tragic self-inflicted gunshot in 1890 pushed his brother and partner, Theo, into a slow descent into insanity. Theo resigned from his job, moved into a spacious apartment, one large enough to serve as a museum for Vincent's paintings, before descending into violence and being committed to an asylum. He passed away shortly thereafter. Even partnerships that conclude less dramatically can leave lasting impressions on the individuals involved. Suzanne Farrell and George Balanchine collaborated until Balanchine fell too ill to continue. Their connection was so intense that Farrell felt orphaned following Balanchine's death in April 1983. In the subsequent years, Farrell progressively detached from the dance world, ultimately severing all ties with the New York City Ballet. Final summary. The essence of this book. We've long romanticized the notion of solitary creators channeling their artistry in isolation. Yet in truth, every creative masterpiece is birthed from a thriving creative connection. The myth of the lone innovator is dwarfed by the compelling power of collaboration. To manifest something significant, there needs to be a vibrant dialogue of ideas and emotions shared between two creative entities. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.